0: What's up everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Tabletop for Two podcast. I'm Brad Van Vutt.
1: I'm Emily Van Vutt.
0: So we are back. Um, we're going to be talking our top two player games of 2016 so far. Um, kind of, I got this idea because Joel Eddy of Drive Through View um, just put out his list of his top five games of 2016 before we get into convention season that aka release season. the fact
1: that we really haven't had much time to think about anything here lately because it feels like life has just been like at lightning speed. Hey
0: it's gonna happen from <laughs> time to time. We've actually been playing quite a bit though so we have a lot of games to get to there. Um, we're also going to discuss a few Kickstarter projects that are catching our eye this month because Kickstarter is being, being very unkind to us this month um, because there's a lot of really cool things that are on Kickstarter right now. But before we get to all that, um, just our normal where you can find us uh, that we always do at the top of the show, uh, make sure to check us out online. You can talk to us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you look for t- at Tabletop for Two, uh, you can find us in any of those places. You can also subscribe to the show if you use iTunes or Google Play Music or any other podcatcher of your choice. And uh, the other day, I also got around to creating a BGG guild. Um, so if you use Board Game Geek, uh, definitely check out our guild. That's another great place that we're gonna hopefully use in the future as a good uh, a forum to to you know maybe spur some discussion with two player gaming and talk about some stuff with the podcast. Yeah. So that is uh, BGG Guild 2623. 2623. I
1: don't even know what you're talking about right now. The cat is trying to get in my bag.
0: As usual, mm-hmm. our cat's obsessed with plastic bags. He's a so. weirdo. That's fine, um, but yeah, check that out if you get a chance. Uh, right now, you know, not too many members in the guild because not a lot of people know about it yet. But hopefully, I now that I uh, didn't even
1: know about it, that's because you're not on BGG.
0: Maybe you should start to get a BGG account.
1: Why do we have to have two?
0: I don't know. What if What if our listeners want to talk to you specifically? I thought you were going
1: to say, "What if we get divorced?" I'm no, say, "Don't you dare!" Say I don't. That.
0: I don't think we'd have a podcast anymore <laughs> if that were to happen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who knows, who knows, hon, stranger things have happened, but uh, I don't plan on divorcing you ever. So. Nor
0: nor do I, so <laughs> fingers crossed on that one. So, but, uh, weird, God. weird aside, thanks. Um, so I'm let's.
1: sorry, you know, it's been a long week.
0: Well, let's get the train back on the tracks. Oh, I don't even, I did not even mean to do that. Oh, uh, somebody
1: pulled an Emily. It in, in inadvertent
0: pun, um. <laughs> railways of the world we've been uh we find, we got to the table after we had it for a couple weeks i seriously did not even mean to do that to make that segue oh, oh. hey
1: no making fun of me if i make any corny jokes tonight because you just made the corniest of all it's a terrific
0: inadvertent segue i have to say so anyway railways of why world. is
1: it terrific when you do it and when i do it you're like oh god roll my eyes because you're whatever you know what it's not fair hey not fair
0: two standards on the show
1: all right, Oinker.
0: <laughs> it's not very nice. Anyway, Railways of the World. Um, this is a Martin Wallace game. Um, it is a re-implementation of the earlier Railroad Tycoon, which in and of itself is kind of a more streamlined version of his uh Steam series, if I'm not mistaken. Um but this is a pickup and delivery slash route building game. Um the thing I like about it that's really cool is that the rule set the rule sets are very simple in the game because there's an auction before each round of play. And then during each round, each player takes three turns. And the stuff you can do in your turns, you can build rails, you can ship goods from one city to the next, um, you can develop cities, you can take um, special action cards that are available. Very, very simple stuff. And then at the end of the turn, um, whenever you score points, which you do by delivering goods along your rails that you've established, um, you move up on an income track. At the end of each round, you get income uh, uh, based on where you are. Me. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Based on where you are on that track, um, and you keep going until a certain number of cities have been emptied, and then that ends the game. Now, what's neat about Railways of the World is that it's very expandable because the rules for the game are the, this like very baseline set. And then there's several different maps that in and of, in and of themselves have special rules and special cards that you use to play on them. So um the one that we used for the first game is the Railways of Mexico map. Uh, we used that one because it's a little bit better for two players it's than a the smaller map. Right, than the Eastern US map that came with the game as well.
1: Yeah, I think it was ginormous.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that one's a really big map, but it's it's a little too big for two players. I don't think we'd ever really run into each other. Mm-mm. Um so this is our first experience with like a true train game. I mean, we've played brass, which is sort of kind of we a similar thing. Spike. Spike, yeah, Spike's a very so simple, we, simple we version. We were kind
1: of in on that. I think we traded that one. We
0: did trade that one. Um, um, I mean, Trains is not really a train game. It's a deck-building game. Uh,
1: TTR.
0: Again, that's not even really a train game. That's just a I'm just trying set to think collection. anything
1: we have to do with trains. We have... Then we have Isle of Trains, which is just a card game.
0: No, I- Isle of Trains actually is somewhat similar. It kind of like this stuff boiled down into a deck of cards essentially. It's it's sort of similar. So but this was our experience with with you know train games, capital T train games.
1: Um um Russian Railroads. Not a train game. No, but I'm saying like <laughs> it reminded me because like when you upgrade your engine, you know how you have to upgrade your yeah, yeah, your yeah. cars on there so you can that, that just you know that reminded me of that. That's all. Well,
0: what did you? What did you? I was I was not nervous to present this to you, but I thought it would be very, I asked, very to play bland. It. What
1: made you no, no, nervous? I'm
0: saying when I when I got the game in the first place, I didn't know how you were gonna how you were gonna feel about it because it's very very bland. Like it, like there's not a lot it to was. the game besides you know laying down hexes and putting colored well, trays. And it on kind the board. of
1: threw me off because I'm used to like with Ticket to Ride when you when you uh, build. Your trains, like you're building with X amount of trains, and this one, you build the track and then put one train on it. I was like, okay, right, just that's to weird.
0: distinguish that you own it, and and the whole point is to 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 build routes. That like he said,
1: this one, this one was definitely more difficult because you have to manage your money. You have to actually get money, mm. but you have to go in a Hock to get <laughs> the money. You,
0: you were so upset about look, that. I am
1: the most <laughs> look. I am a very very frugal oh, person man. by nature because my dad. Like, drilled it in my head, get the best deal you can, and try not to go
0: into debt. And before the the first game starts, she's like, so what, you don't start with any money? I was like, no. She's like, so how do you get money? I was like, you have to take a bond. You have to take bonds from the bank. And she's like, well, how do you pay them back? I was like, you don't. I was like, they're just negative negative victory points at the end of the game. I can't.
1: I can't. I can't. (laughs) I can't. I just can't because that's just not fair. I do not not pay back my debt. And it just drove that, me a little bit bonkers, and it made him laugh. It
0: it made me laugh a lot that you were that you were so put off by the fact that you had to go into debt from the very beginning and of the you game. Can't
1: pay it back, right? Ever.
0: You're just it's just it's it's about managing your debt. It's like starting a real business. It's like starting a real company. No business starts off in the green or the black, yeah, rather. But <laughs> by
1: the end of it, they usually are. So and so were you. I still lost victory points. That is not in the black.
0: You, Excuse me. You did fine. You won handily, I might add, by the way. So that mm-hmm. probably added stuck. to your... Well, I don't think we were as mean as you're sub- ideally supposed to be in this game.
1: Well, in fairness, there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, We're stumbling through it a little bit because we're learning. Mm-hmm. And we really... I mean, I felt like it was like halfway through the game before we really started running into one another. Because like, we kind of started on opposite ends of the map.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you really have to like it's. It's. God,
1: I'm sorry, I have.
0: If you if you start um if you start, it, it's you want to build your own stuff because you're like oh I'm gonna get all these points but then you realize your opponent's doing the same thing so you really have to try and impede their progress as much as you possibly can
1: yeah you jerk
0: well and that's where we really st- it started to click I think next time we play we'll probably start to do that stuff a little bit earlier in the game right but this was a big hit for us well um, and that's
1: the thing though because I felt like it took me a while to get my little. For lack of a better term, engine going mm-hmm. because I needed to try and build up some money so I could get from this town to this town and then this town to this town to try and really start getting things moving. Mm. Yeah, it took a little while.
0: So yeah, so like I so said, this this was a big hit. Railways of the world. Um, I am. I think I would like to get some of the some of the other. Tracks they've put out.
1: Really, what? I wasn't sure because as soon as we finished playing, you're on Amazon looking. Hey. Oh, honey, look, they have this one. Oh, honey, look, they have this one. And now our list is populated with railways of the world things hey. everywhere.
0: I've, I've heard railways of Europe is 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 where it's at. With this holy
1: jeez,
0: yeah. So and
1: you say I have a problem. You hey, have a problem. What can I say?
0: I I I got our first taste of. Uh, of real train games and and I'm I'm kinda digging it. see so yeah Railways of the world uh check it out if you can find it it's a great uh it's a great way to kind of introduce yourself to that genre of games. Um and I and a little bit more accessible from what I understand than stuff like Age of Steam or Steam.
1: Uh next on the list is a recent acquisition, the big book of madness I knew nothing about this game other than he told me he thought I would love it because it was Harry Potter esque, mm-hmm. and boy was it! And I was a very happy, happy lady.
0: Yeah, they're not even trying to to mask that fact. Which they even is fine. use
1: the same font, which is awesome. Yeah. I got so excited.
0: So this is um, it I this was a it's a cooperative deck building mean. game. It is a very mean game it's where a you're mean trying game. to you play as students at this um at this magic school who inadvertently open this terrible book that has all these monsters in it and you're trying to close the book to do that you have to defeat the last monster Um, but there's several monsters you have to fight before then these monsters attack you um, by putting these curses on the board and the curses require a specific combination of elements that you have to play out of your hand in order to dispel them. them right if you don't do it then you get hit with a negative effect and if you don't clear all of the curses before you reach the end then of the specific monster. Then it's like you monster. cleared none of them. Right, and you and you suffer a penalty if you do clear all of them, you get a nice bonus to help you out. As you go along, but like I said, the only thing that really matters is you're trying to to defeat the last monster before you e- you either lose to him or someone goes mad. They have these madness cards, which are dead cards that fill up your deck. Um, they also They're have these kind of
1: creepy looking too. They
0: are a little creepy looking. The art's pretty. It's a, it's a it's a um game from Yellow, and Yellow's known for having really solid art and all of their games.
1: Well, the those cards are creepy. They creep mm-hmm. me out a little bit.
0: They have these uh, spell cards that you get as well. We Everyone can never starts play with this the with same Ro
1: because it has like the Creepy doll thing to it and she hates uh, she creepy dolls. Dig that, nope. Yeah. Nope.
0: Um they have these spell cards that uh everyone starts with the same basic spells and you can upgrade. Um they have spell pass for all the different elements. So it's a very cool game, very replayable. There's a lot of options here, but like like M said, this one was brutally difficult. It was like punch you play. in the
1: face mean right from the get.
0: Which is I mean, which for us kind of usually encourages <laughs> us to, to get back in there and check it out.
1: Yeah, again. but I mean, this one was just kind of brutal.
0: Yeah, and and I think we'll
1: be better prepared next time because we kind of know what's coming.
0: I think we will too, and I think also too, um, with this one.
1: Well, in fairness, because like when we were drafting cards,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. we got to draft the, you know, didn't we get to pick? Or you no, had to pick your
0: was, your your character.
1: That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So we can kind of better plan, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because each character has a different starting deck, basically, with the way the four different elements are dispersed in their deck. Um, but, yeah, it was really difficult. I think this game also, believe it or not, is probably easier with two players because each player gets more turns because it's not like each round of play has the play going around the entire table. It's just each player's turn is like a new round for the game, and there's a, and there's kind of like a timer that's running on the board um cuz you only have what is it five turns to take care of each monster yeah, essentially like that. but it's five turns between the whole table essentially and not just you know five turns each to do it so that's that's where it's difficult because you kind of have to plan for the next person's turn in a lot of ways,
1: but I really liked it
0: though. Yeah, the game was fun. I, I was I, I hesitated on picking it up last year when it came out because I was like, oh, it's another cooperative deck builder. I didn't know if we if it had a place in our collection because we already have a few of those that we like a lot. Um, but this one I think was unique enough that it it warrants having alongside
1: my favorite. The rest of them. Favorite thing was that the cards with the monsters actually looked like pages mm-hmm. of a book. That was spoke to my inner book nerd.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's that. I they, loved it. Uh, everyone likes that part that, of that. That and the it, little so.
1: marker that tracks where you are in the round is mm-hmm. the book.
0: Right. The little wizard hat I, that I tracks what it. round you're in. I love Stuff it. Stuff like that. I love it. See, so yeah, a big book of madness. If you're a deck building fan and, and looking for something that'll provide a, a stiff challenge, uh, this is one to pick up. It can be had fairly cheaply, too. Uh, the only criticism that I don't like is I hate the fact that the regular cards that you use are the little hobbit size cards.
1: The midgie cards. Yeah.
0: Not a fan of those, but I I get why they did it. It was for to probably cut down on cost, I would imagine. Um, another one that I've had my eye on cut down for on table space too. Well, too. Um, another one I've had my eye on for quite some time that I we got a trade recently was Claustrophobia. Loved it. Yeah, this is a two-player. I the
1: crap out of him.
0: This is a two-player. Um, I guess you'd call it a skirmish game. Of sorts. It's, 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 sort, it's, it's sort of in between a dungeon crawl and a skirmish game.
1: It's a spelunking skirmish game. Yeah. <laughs> where, where you go into a cave. And you're going
0: through catacombs, stuff like that. One player plays um, these demon forces. The other player plays a group of heroes. Um, the heroes have a specific... each. Actually, each side has a specific objective they're trying to do. The demon side is normally kill a certain number of heroes, and the hero side is to escape escape with a certain number of characters as well, for that matter, because you can actually have a draw in this game if if neither side fulfills their
1: oh, victory that.
0: condition. Um, so the way that the, the reason that this game is really cool is because of how they handle how the characters activate. So as the hero character, you roll a number of dice equal to the number of heroes that you have, and then each dice gets assigned to a hero for that round and depending on what number you assign is what what that hero's stats are for that round in terms of how far they can move, how much how much combat strength they have and what their defense looks like. So you can kind of tailor your strategies for that round around the different heroes that you have. And then what's really nifty is that the way that you take damage is as the heroes every time you take a hit point of damage, you actually have to basically block off one of these spaces and it locks it out so that you can't assign that number to that specific hero and then if all the spots get filled up then the hero dies so basically as the hero takes more damage it severely limits the options that you have available to you and then how and then how did it work for the demon cuz you played the demon character when we when we first played this
1: I just die and have to regenerate myself No
0: no no I'm talking about how you did your activations though because oh, you had the destiny well, dice because you
1: roll the dice, you roll... What was it? I had to roll three because I think that was what I get every turn. Right. Regardless And you can of, get
0: bonuses and stuff, Regardless of too. how many
1: people I have. But you can assign your dice, like, you can assign dice so that you have more dice to roll the next round. Mm. You can assign them to get points so you can get more demons out on the board. And there were mm-hmm. different special abilities that you had to have, like, specific things. Like, you had to have all evens, all odds, one odd, one even, mm. you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and then the, the other side of the board was, like, special <laughs> abilities with... You had to get a certain number. Like, if it was, like, a seven, you got to do this ability and things like that. It was pretty cool. I mm-hmm.
0: liked it. Yeah, you have, like, a preset board that has different... And you can, you know... Like you said, you assign the dice to the different areas, and then that activates the abilities. And then you have, what was it, threat points that you can earn, and that's how you get your minions right. out on the board. And then you move, and then each, it's cool, too, because as you go through the dungeon, um, the the dungeon is random. Uh, in most of the quests, there's a couple quests where there's a preset dungeon, but most of the time, um, it's randomly generated. And each dungeon tile also has some special nuances to them as well. So, all in all, um, the game is a very cool game. Uh, the production value is pretty cool, too, because all the miniatures that come in the box are all pre-painted.
1: They were super cool. I loved it.
0: A little plain, but, I mean, I'm not complaining. It's better than looking at gray pieces of hun, plastic. if so. you
1: really want to spruce them up, I'm sure we can talk to Rob.
0: Right. But, uh, but yes, that part was kind of nifty. Um the only thing that uh, it might be a downer with the game is that there's only six scenarios in the main box. But because a lot of those scenarios have a lot of randomly generated, um, you know, dungeon layouts, that you could add a little bit of variety in there from those. So, so yeah, Claustrophobia is pretty cool. Um, we had trouble finding it for a while. I'm not sure what the price market looks like on that one. But if you're looking for a dungeon crawl game that works really well with two players... Um, This would be a good one. Plus, you can usually play the game in about about an hour's time, which is not too shabby. Oh,
1: and I loved it because he asked me if I wanted to be the good guys or the bad guys. Normally, I'm always the good guys to start out with. This time, I wanted to be the bad guys first because I thought it was pretty Mm B.A. that the big guy had the head of one of his little minions under his foot on the thing. I was like, okay, you mess up. That's what happens to you.
0: I, I that, thought that was pretty. Awesome. I wish that I wish that demon miniature looked a little bit more imposing. It's, it's like blue skinned. It's very it's very strange looking. Doesn't look fierce. You know what I mean? Looks like an ogre kind of.
1: So what do you want to do? To I don't him? know.
0: I'm not, not going to do that much work to paint it up. But yeah, that's claustrophobia. Um, we I'll
1: paint it. You know, I don't mind doing. I don't,
0: I don't think you want to get stuff. into the world of miniatures painting. It's a lot more involved than. To throw in some you forget. And stuff. I had
1: a brother who did D and D and did all of his miniatures himself.
0: Well, if you really have, the, if you think you have the time to do that, then you go ahead and knock yourself out. I
1: know exactly what it entails. <laughs> Whether or not I want to do it, that's one thing. When I could play some Lego Dimensions instead, but. Mm-hmm. But, anyway, that's moving on. Oh, I love how you let me do this one on the list. Oh, I wasn't...
0: I mean, that wasn't why oh, it's that Oh, that's funny.
1: Spot. So, next on the list is Starship Catan. We played this and got halfway through, and I asked if we could stop because I was bored to tears.
0: Yeah, this um, this was <laughs> a... This one's been the sought-after one. We've been talking on the show the past couple episodes, episodes how we've kind of had a had an interest in the Cosmos two-player line. Yes. Um, that's what this is. This is a two-player... Version um, of Settlers of Catan, sort of, um, which we didn't care for too much. In fairness, we
1: played Settlers of Catan, and I was not impressed.
0: Right, but this isn't an exact analog of Settlers of Catan. It shares some similar themes, Um, but you you each play captains of starships um, as you go, and on your turn, you do a lot of trading of resources um, because you're trying to get certain resources to be able to, to buy certain... Uh, modules to upgrade your ship or colony ships that you can colonize planets. Uh, these are these are all. It's a race to ten victory points, and there's a variety of different ways to score. Um, the way that you do your exploration each turn is you take one of four decks of cards, um, and this this kind of reminded me of Galaxy Trucker, yes. where you shuffle the deck and you turn over one card at a time, and you can choose whether or not to interact with it. You get a maximum of two interactions. On your turn. And there might be, like, planets that you come across. There could be, like, pirates that you encounter.
1: That let me just talk about that for a minute. So the pirates, you start off with how many? Two cannons. Two
0: cannons. One cannon. One one cannon. cannon. Yeah.
1: So unless you can really get your engine going and build up your cannons, it is impossible to not have to suffer the wrath of the pirates. Right. I, like, they're... They're too much. They're too powerful. Like, there should be, like, some one pirates in there where mm-hmm, they can make it even it somewhat feasible because you draw the pirate card and then you have to roll a die and add the number on the die to the number on the card. Mm-hmm. So it's impossible.
0: Now, that being said, the penalties for losing to pirates is not too extreme. You just, you, it just ends your turn. Like, there's no other. There's no other downside to it, but I can yeah, understand... Yeah, but
1: they're too, they seem overpowered to me.
0: Right, and I, I was really looking forward to this game because I've heard a lot of good things about it, and it's one of those games that, since it's really out of print, it's hard to find and goes for, like a, like, a high cost in the secondary market, so I'm... You know, from that, a lot of times, the game is supposed to be really good. And not that Starship Catan is a bad game, I think it suffers from its age. I mean, the game, I think, is 15 years old at this point, and it really is just okay produce some resources explore some planets do some trading next person's turn and it's just and it's just that back and forth there's not really a lot of um not really a lot of lot to it besides that it's pretty pretty darn simple and i don't mind a simple game like we played um jumbo recently which is You know, equal in simplicity where you're just, you know, trading resources and playing cards around your hand, trying to buy goods low and sell goods high. And that's that's literally the entire game. But Jumbo can be played in 30 to 45 minutes when M said to me that she was kind of bored and she'd like to stop playing in Starship Catan. I think we were an hour into the game. And I and at that point, I think I was maybe at four or five victory points out of ten. So we still had probably another 30 minutes to 45 minutes to go. And that's the only thing with this game is that if it's going to take an hour 15 to an hour and a half, you got to have a little bit more stuff in there to, to add to the variety because it was kind of monotonous and tedious. Well,
1: and that's what it was. I just, like... I, I'm just. I was basically just going through the motions for you, and I told you I would have finished the game, and you're like, no, no. If you're not having, well, fun, if you weren't
0: having a good time, I didn't want you I to suffer it. through it. So I mean, that's and 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 it's just not for us. So I mean, Starship Titan. It's it's. I would. I'd hesitate to recommend it anyway. I definitely hesitate to recommend it, considering the cost you'd have to pay to get it, or what you'd have to give up to trade for it. Most likely. I can't recommend it just because it's it just doesn't. I don't think it holds up very well in in a contemporary age. Well, you
1: even said to me that it shows its age, and that's why I probably didn't like it.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I I really do think that's in it. It's not. I don't. I don't feel like it's a timeless design like regular settlers of Catan is. So so yes, this this one's a pass for us. Starship Catan, um, not really our cup of tea. So. I had been thinking about getting the fifty first State master set for since since it was announced by Portal games, and but I wavered because in reading that's about what it, you
1: do you're a waffler.
0: I'm a waffler, and then in reading about it, it seemed really, really similar. To Imperial Settlers, which we own and which we which we love.
1: Isn't it made by the same guy?
0: Yes, the uh, same designer, Ignacy Chebyshek.
1: And it says on the box, right, similar mechanics to Imperial Settlers. Well,
0: it's sort of, it's. I mean, 51st State actually came first, which then, you know, they made Imperial Settlers, which streamlined that, and now I they're streamlining 51st the yeah, the State. Um, I ended up doing a little bit more research and saw that the game was different enough that it was worth giving a try to. Essentially, so if you've played imperial settlers um fifty first state would be very familiar to you
1: it's a little more crunchy a
0: little bit more crunchy um, it's the same basic premise though um, the, the where you're you know getting cards and you're building a little empire essentially of cards that either produce resources for you, have a special feature. Or have actions that you can take that and you're essentially trading it's a game where you're getting resources and then somehow you know turning those resources into victory points is what you're trying to do um as M said, this one's a little bit more crunchy than imperial settlers um, attacking your opponents is a much more important part of the game in this one, and it's a little bit easier to get attack tokens as well. Raised tokens in Imperial Settlers are really difficult to come by, but in 51st State, they're a little bit easier to to manufacture. Um, This one's also different in the fact that there are no faction decks in the game like there are Imperial Settlers. There's just the common deck of cards that everybody draws from, and you make the best use out of the cards that you get, as opposed to following a specific strategy that your, that your faction that you're given might kind of stray toward um, at the end of the day. So we've only played it the one time, but we did like it. I liked it actually quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say that I liked one better than the other, because they do surprisingly play, like the strategies for each game are different well, enough. You
1: probably should like this one, because you can't beat me in Imperial Settlers, but you can beat me in this one.
0: That is really rude of you <laughs> to say. A fact. I, it's not a, I've beaten you hey. in Imperial Sellers before.
1: Yeah, once. Truth hurts. I've
0: beaten you more than once. Truth hurts. Well, I beat you in this pretty handily. Sorry, look. Pretty those, handily, those, I might add. All
1: those years of non competitive, Emily, you drilled it into my head to be competitive now. So guess what? You're going to hear all the smack talk.
0: Well, I beat you in 51st State pretty badly. I certainly did. You did. So, yeah, 51st I get it
1: now, but I don't think I quite got it.
0: I'm, I'm not ready to say that. Both are a must own simultaneously. Um if I, I would encourage but they you they are
1: different enough from one another. But we're keeping that we're, we're keeping, keeping both. both.
0: Yeah, we're gonna keep both of them. Um I would recommend that you listeners, if you're on the fence, um do the research and see which one suits you more. And hey, if you need to own both, then get both. They're both excellent games. Uh the cool thing with the 51st state master set too is it comes with um I believe both expansions that came out for 51st state. They're already in the box. Um, which is kind of nifty, and you know they could potentially release more content for that game as well. So definitely give that one a look if you're uh, if you're looking at an empire building card game.
1: Uh, next on the list was a fun little distraction, Doctor Eureka. Yep, we actually picked this up what like last week, mm-hmm. and oh, uh, well, we were
0: at the game store.
1: Yeah, and our little buddy was looking at it, and I was like, "What is he looking at?" And Brad's like, "Oh, I meant to get this," and just plucked it off the shelf, said, "Okay." It's a, is it a dexterity game? Yeah, kind of, definitely sort of?
0: so. Puzzle slash dexterity.
1: You have little test tubes. You have three test tubes, two balls of each color, a, thi- a card. You flip a card and you have to make that card.
0: The pattern on the, card, on the card, with, with, card with these different colored balls, basically. You're not
1: allowed to touch the balls. They have to roll from one tube to another. You can invert your tube on the table mm. to help match the card, but be careful because they come out real quick.
0: Yeah, and and base, it's a race to see who can complete the image on the card first. And when you, when you do that, you win the card, and whoever gets to five cards wins the game.
1: Laugh because whenever I would finish one first, he's like,
0: "Really? Oh, really?" Uh, well, it's because I was usually like one or two moves away whenever you uh whenever you did it. So I knew you'd like this game. I I knew for sure that it would be a slam dunk. Why? I just because it's it's a fun little dexterity little thing and it's got puzzle solving, which which you like as well and for it sure. It speaks
1: to my inner science nerd as Does well. Does speak
0: to inner science nerd. Um yeah this Why I
1: like Scoville so much. I was had so much fun in genetics when we did the genetics things in science class.
0: Now we did not play the advanced variant. The advanced variant you have to hold all three of your tubes simultaneously while you're playing like you can never put one down on the table until you have the solution yeah see it's a, kind of like juggling between your hands and you still I can't mean, drop them
1: i don't have like xander size hands but i don't know that i can do all that hey that's when the balls are going to start falling That's out. A, yeah
0: it's supposed to make it way more challenging <laughs> so that's yeah.
1: when the balls are going to start flying
0: yeah do- dr uke is a fun little distraction <laughs> um also if you it, it, it probably worked very well for kids I would think as well, and be like a fun party game for adults too. Uh, this, oh
1: my god, can you imagine playing this drunk?
0: Yeah, tra- <laughs> once once the alcohol gets flowing, absolutely. jeez, absolutely. So yeah, Doctor Eco, pretty solid. You'll
1: find balls in your in your beer.
0: The last one on the list for us this week um, is Twilight Squabble. Uh, this is a a micro game from aeg It is
1: twilight struggle in 10 minutes. micro <laughs> yeah
0: in 10 minutes basically it's how it's how they're marketing twilight it
1: struggle microcosm there you go <laughs> so
0: and but it doesn't play i mean the the twilight um this the cold war theme was very much tacked on for this game um you really it's really not necessary to to make the game work at all in this game each player has a small deck of cards that doesn't get shuffled. They you get the same you get the the same cards in the same order each game. And essentially each card you have, you have a 1, you have a 2, and you have a 3. And then you have a, a double agent and a and a regular secret agent basically. And there's these two there's two theaters that you're competing. You're competing in the space race and you're competing for the balance of power. So on each on each turn, each player is going to play one of their cards face down to each of these areas. Um if you have a spy, then you might get to see what your opponent has put down for the space race card, which will then inform you as to what they might have put down for the balance of power, at least mm-hmm. eliminate some options. Um, then once you once everyone's cards are good, you flip the cards over. Um, whoever has the higher balance of power, you move the difference on the balance of power track one way or the other. Um, you're trying not to go too far to one side, because if you accidentally do go too far, then you'll set off a nuclear war and lose. Um, and then once that's done, you flip over the cards in the space race. Whoever has the highest uh, space race card gets to advance on the space track, which usually gets you a special ability. Plus, that serves as the tiebreaker at the end of the game in case the balance of power is is even when the game ends. And there's a few other minor rules here and there, but we're not going to really detail that. But that's pretty much the game. Um, it's It's okay for what it is. You know what I mean? It's 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 definitely not the greatest thing I've ever played by any means.
1: It was only ten bucks.
0: It was only ten bucks. It takes ten minutes. We've played it a couple times. Um they have an event deck to kind of spruce things up as you go through the game to keep it from being a little samey. Which
1: we keep forgetting to use.
0: Which we keep forgetting to use. What <laughs> what did you think about the game?
1: Uh, I mean it's fine if we only have a few minutes to play something. Mm-hmm didn't like blow my skirt up or anything but
0: it's more it's more of a bluffing game than anything else really i mean that's that's really it's like the the cold war theme is kind of a misnomer of sorts not not that it doesn't work i mean it works within within the confines of what the game is but it's not like when like when you think of twilight struggle and even 13 days you think of area control and and controlling different aspects of of the war in this you're just trying to outguess your opponent but not screw yourself you know going too far in one direction or the other right to set off the set off the war so it's an okay game I I, I don't know that I'd say to go out of your way to acquire Twilight struggle but it's it's fine for what it's trying to be it, it, it is a good bluffing game for two players mm-hmm. um but if I'm gonna play a bluffing game for two players I'd rather Play some of the other ones that we have, like, uh, like Dead Drop, for example. Maybe works okay. It's not really bluffing; it's more deduction. Um, even Love Letter, I think I might rather play than this Batman Love Letter, though specifically yes, not uh, not not OG Love Letter.
1: No, Batman Love Letter is the
0: ish. So yeah, Twice Squad was okay. Again, I, we're I, I'm not trying to to down the game, but it's not. It's just not something that is is a must have by any stretch of the imagination. So that's what we've been playing this week. Uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we are going to talk about some Kickstarter projects that are catching our eye and destroying our wallets. So so hang tight. We'll be right back. So uh, a few Kickstarter projects that we're taking a look at this week that may be worth uh, – Taking an interest in. Um, the first one we're going to lead it off is Zaya Embers of a Forsaken Star. So, Zaya Legends of Adrift was Brad's a game. Brad's been
1: looking at for a very long time. I
0: have, because it's a very cool um, space-themed, like, sandbox-style game where it kind of lets you go anywhere do anything sort of thing. Lots of paths to victory. That's, that like, think Merchants and Marauders in space, essentially.
1: So, a game you can't win against me in space. Got it.
0: That is ignorant, but <laughs> it's a game. <laughs> it's a game that's quite, I am
1: in rare form. Tonight. Apparently,
0: it's a game that's uh, I, I we never picked up though because it's a little pricey due to its high component quality, which is fine. I mean, it comes like pre-painted miniatures and really that thick looks tiles, freaking awesome. They are very cool. got Metal money in the game as like a default thing, which is great. But the problem is that the game never had an official two player variant in it. Um it was only it was supposed to be 3 to 5. The designer um Cody Miller even said that they tried two player and they couldn't get it to their liking. Um there's a bunch of fan variants that came out, but I wasn't going to spend 85 bucks on a game, you know, praying that a fan variant was, you know, worth the time and money. Well, fast forward to Embers of a Forsaken Star, which is the first expansion for Zaya, and they've added not only two player play but solo play as well for people out there, which is very cool. And there's a ton of different modules that kind of rebalance the game and change how some of the functions in the game works. It it comes up with like a new trading system. Um, they have different exploration tokens, which I think makes it a little bit more difficult to win through exploring, um, which is kind of nifty as well. And it it's a game. It like all they needed to do was to give me an excuse to look at this game. And, and they did that with this. So now, um, we're, we're going in for it. Um, if you have the base game already, you can get it for the expansion for 40 bucks. Um, if you don't have the base game, 115 gets you both the expansion and the base game, um, which is a pretty good deal. And this ends on June 21st. It's already well exceeded its funding goal. Um, it looks to hit all of the stretch goals that are set for it. I had you look at this earlier tonight. Um, what did you think about about Zaya?
1: Um, it looks fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoy <laughs> I had more fun looking through like all the components and seeing all the different mm-hmm. things it's that nice, were in right? it. Right? nice, right? It's so cool. There's just so much stuff. And like you said, I mean, I think you'd shown it to me once before, but you never really made me look at any reviews or anything because you really... Because I
0: knew I wasn't going to get it.
1: Right, but it was kind of like a pipe dream kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But this, I don't know, it just seems fun. Mm -hmm. Seems like something I can actually get behind here.
0: Variable length, too, because you can set the winning like score at whatever you want anywhere from like 5 to 20 points and that'll alter how long the game actually lasts. So very very nifty um, if you like sandbox style games, think Merchants of Marauders, think Firefly, think Merchants of Venus. Um that would be that would be one to check out for sure.
1: That's what it was. I knew it was something that it was reminding me of and that's probably what it was is Merchants of Venus. It's uh,
0: and and I and I've heard people that have played the first game who lauded it say that like they'll never play Merchants of Venus again because this game comp- pretty well, much completely fairness, replaces it. I think it. we
1: played that once and it was fine. Then the second time was just terrible. Yeah, and I said, please don't make me play this ever again.
0: I mean, I will say that that that's the only thing with this one that may it, it is very luck dependent because you're rolling a lot of dice for skill checks and stuff like that. So
1: you know, the dice hate me.
0: Yeah, they can. I th- I think that uh, I think that you play that up a little too much now. Why? I don't think that's true as much as it used to be. Really? Uh, you're no, re-
1: it only works when we're playing a cooperative, a I don't cooperative know about, game. Our,
0: our recent Battlelore game would beg to differ, thank you very much, than we played a few weeks ago, and you slaughtered me. I did. You did.
1: Was it Battle Lore? It was Battle Lore. Are you sure? There was uh, something else I was rolling... No, it was Arcadia Quest, remember? That, too. I kept rolling for the dungeon dudes, and I just kept rolling these high, high numbers. So you can't can't say dice hate you anymore. they hate me. When I go to roll, I can't get rolls. When I'm rolling for someone else, I can get rolls. All right,
0: all right. (laughs) Um, Speaking of a game that has no rolling... Uh, Catacombs and Castles uh, is on Kickstarter right now.
1: In the Catacombs universe.
0: Well, so, yeah, so that's what's well, kind of so weird about this one. it's
1: prequel to Catacombs is the way I read it when I was reading through the Kickstarter stuff.
0: But it's a separate game. This is actually a kind of like a skirmish game um, that you could also play cooperatively but can, somehow.
1: But you can use the characters from this in the regular Catacombs game. Which, which is game, why I want it, really. Which is basically why Brad <laughs> wants it. I think it would be I just cool. want it as
0: an expansion for Catacombs. Catacombs. I think the game
1: itself sounds fun, but Brad just wants it for the characters.
0: Hey, uh, what can I say? I love, I love me some catacombs. Oh my God,
1: excuse me, I'm like a gassy pig tonight. Well, get away
0: from the microphone when you're in. I'm, I'm
1: sorry.
0: <laughs> so uh, catacombs and castles. It, there is a. It's base game and expansion that you can get on here. Um, the price is going to vary. It looks like uh, the base game and expansion gets is seventy five dollars. To get both of those um, along with any stretch goals that get unlocked, yeah i just I really love catacombs. I think it's a really clever um dungeon crawling game as a really clever dexterity game um, for me in the battle between this and flick 'em up uh catacombs is definitely the the winner in that particular uh that particular race. And I I just want more more things catacombs. That's really all I want. That's uh and that's what I'm looking at this campaign for. Uh supposedly they're gonna be adding in the the Kickstarter exclusives from the original catacombs campaign as well, uh, which I would definitely be keen to to check out when and if they do that. Uh, the campaign for this one ends in about three weeks' time, as we're recording this, so that would be on June 26th, I do believe. Um, again, already well well exceeded his funding goal. I would expect uh, most, if not all, of the stretch goals for this one to be hit as well. So, if you are a fan of Catacombs, or if you are interested in Catacombs because they're also uh, you're also able to get the the base game uh, from here, uh, check out that Kickstarter as well. Uh, the last one. Is one that I I not I, I'm worried with this one that I'm getting sucked in by the by the bling factor, um, and that's Anachrony, which is from Mind Clash Games, the same folks that brought us Tricarion, uh, which is one that Emily and I have not played yet uh, at all. What uh, Tricarion? Oh yeah, an- Anachrony is a worker placement game um, that also bends time. In some ways, where you have like a past, present, and future that you're working in,
1: one point twenty-one gigawatts.
0: I don't think there's a DeLorean, and uh, you act and there's and you follow like a different path of of style in the game. There's there's four different paths. Um, there's 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 like a harmony path, and there's a dominance path, and a technology path, and a religious path that you can go through trying to beat the game. Um, what's neat is that they have this cool worker placement mechanic um it has different types of workers and certain actions can, can only be used you can put them in
1: exoskeletons yeah, you get these and little exosuit awesome.
0: uh miniatures that you can get in the in the deluxe version of the game that you can uh put the workers in because some of them sometimes you have to send your workers with those suits in order to to protect them as they go um the game the rules are a little convoluted um i haven't really gotten a chance to really pour through them so that's, that's my fear. Uh, my fear is that I'm getting sucked in by how cool the game looks and how, how neat the deluxe version is and how much stuff you get with it. Um, Tracarion's a game that I've heard mixed reviews on, but most of, most of the reviews I've heard have been good. Um, you, were, you seemed very on board upon looking through just, the campaign. It was
1: really cool, and everything seemed pretty fairly straightforward as far as what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and it looks cool.
0: It does look very it looks cool. Very cool. So I, I will. I, so as we're recording this, um, there's only 37 hours left in the campaign. So t- it looks like Tuesday, June 7th at noon is when it ends. So if you're listening right when we put the show out, you have about a day to check it out, see if it's something you'd be interested in. Um, Fifty nine dollars for this one gets you the base game. Seventy nine gets you the deluxe version that also has the All the miniatures kinds
1: of stuff.
0: as well. Um, so definitely check that out. That is anachrony. Um, I will be mulling it over myself as we approach, uh, as we approach the end. Of I, this I
1: will let you handle this cause you're the one who needs to read through the rules. So I'll let you do your thing.
0: That's fair. So that is a couple of Kickstarter games we've been looking at this month. Uh, we're going to take another short break and when we come back, we are going to talk about our best of 2016 so far. So we are we are little almost halfway through the year of 2016, and it's been it's been a pretty good game, pretty good year for games. Almost
1: halfway through, we're
0: we're not halfway through yet. It's June, beginning of June, ain't halfway.
1: Whatever is what I'm
0: saying. We're almost halfway through 2016, Um, but this is kind of where convention season starts. Origins is a week away as we're recording this. Obviously, Gen Con is in a couple of months. Um, There's also Dice Tower Con and 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 a whole bunch of other conventions that are going on. And this is the time where a lot of companies tend to start releasing their games. Um, we also saw the, the Spiel des Jahres nominations for the year get announced a couple of weeks ago. So some of the games that aren't available in the U.S. will start to come over here as well. Um, so it seemed like a good time. And Joel Eddie on Drive Through Review did a great look at his top five games so far of 2016. Um, and I thought that would be a cool thing to also do here as well, um, except that we're, of course, specifically looking at the top five five games to play with two players in 2016, since that's kind of what we do on this podcast. So Em and I each picked uh, five games to look at. Um, our lists are slightly different. There's there's a bit of overlap on the two, um, but there's enough difference to go to go back and forth on them. Um, a couple honorable mentions, games that we both considered for this.
1: But we haven't played it. We, we just felt we haven't played enough to...
0: Well actually they didn't make the they just didn't make the cut um based on the other 5 that we had. So so the two that didn't appear on either of our lists but kind of were finalists for us uh were Mexica, which is the recent reprint of that game from Yellow and Odin's Ravens, which is a recent reprint of that game from uh from um oh shoot Osprey Games. There we go. I lost that one in my head real quick.
1: How do you remember all this stuff?
0: Like a sponge. Just retain all of them. I
1: guess that's like the dad thing. Moms have to remember the important stuff.
0: <laughs> that's rude. That is super uh-huh. rude. Um, I will say that I, I have noticed that this year there's been a lot of really good reprints that have come out. Um, A couple reprints have made our lists here. Uh, So, and some cool games that, you know, I, we would not, might've not might've seen otherwise, uh, just because they were kind of scarce beforehand. But let's, uh, let's move on from there. Um, I will start with my number five game on the list. And I have a feeling that this game would be higher if a, we've got, if we'd gotten to play it more and B, if our only play through the game was not obscured by a cranky toddler who we thought was going to go down for a nap but ended but then up not going down for a nap. Because he's a jerk. Uh, but that would be, uh, he, he's 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 our kid, though. He's he's great.
1: Okay, I read a thing the other day that said, <laughs> yes, it's your kid, but it's okay to call him an a-hole <laughs> once in a while because they do tend to be a-holes once in a while. They
0: could be. so. Um, uh, But that is Star Wars Rebellion from Fantasy Flight Games. I am enamored with what this game basically could be. Um, I wish we, I hope we get a chance to play it soon where we aren't interrupted a lot.
1: That may be a bedtime game. Yeah. By,
0: by a cranky kid. Um, but I just really enjoyed the, the, the asymmetry of the game and the, the deduction aspect of the game for the empire player.
1: I enjoyed the, the many times I got to do the screw you when you were trying to screw me. Mm. you were like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm like, oh, wait, I got a card to counter that. Man.
0: Yeah, very, very, <laughs> very, very tete-a-tete, very, uh, very, very cool little game. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I, I think I would have had this a lot higher had we gotten a little bit better experience with it. But as it is, uh, it's my number five game that you should, that two players you should play in 2016 so far, uh, Star Wars Rebellion.
1: Okay, my number five was Thunder and Lightning.
0: Which we'll talk about in a little bit because it's a bit higher yep. where I have it On right. Brad's list. Yep. So we
1: figure we'll just talk about it when it's, where it's higher. Well,
0: why don't you give us your number four?
1: Number four is Archaeology. This was a fun little game that Brad picked up a couple weeks ago. Mm. And it's all... Card driven, and you're just an archaeologist. You're making sets of cards to get points. That's the end game to get the most points. It's just super fun. It plays super quick, mm-hmm. easy to pick up, and I love it.
0: It's kind of I replaced, keep wanting to play it. It's kind of replaced Parade as that as that small box game that we that we used to go through all the time. Love the crap oh, praise still great, but but yeah, <laughs> archaeology we we've, we've played quite a bit. I oh, I enjoyed yeah. it as well. Um, it's it's probably in my top ten, but uh, but I wouldn't. I it wasn't quite enough to put it at number in the top five for me
1: what's your number four
0: my number four is onitama which is a recent uh it's kind of reprinted the game originally came out in japan in 2014 it has a
1: very cool box
0: it's got a very cool box it's a very cool game it's a um it's a oh, abstract game
1: a side note we had to expand our game shelf yet again Look, gamer problems. When you move your sideboard that holds all your pots and pans and stuff and have to rearrange your kitchen <laughs> for more game space, you know you have problems. It is.
0: Uh, but Onitama is a good problem to have. It's it's it's, it's And sort the shelf
1: of... that we got had a shelf that was perfect for it because it fit little square games. It
0: did. Um, this one reminded me, and we talked about, I think, on the last episode of the show, uh, reminded me most of the Duke. Uh, because you have these pre-programmed movements mm-hmm. that you can do with your pieces. You're trying to capture your opponent's emperor or to get to the other. Have your emperor get to the other side of their board,
1: but whatever card you use goes into the pile for your opponent. With, for right, the next basically round. the
0: movement you use is going to get past your opponent because there's only five movements total in the game, and you have two to choose from on any given turn. Uh, this is a really smart game. Um, if you like abstract games, it's a it's a must play, I would say for sure. If even if you don't like abstract games, it's a simple enough game. To to learn, but it's impossible to master because of the variance. Because out of you know, out of the sixteen move cards that they yeah. have in the game, there's only five, five. that you're going to use. So every game is going to be very different. Um, but yeah, that's Onitama, definitely a terrific uh, two player game to check out for the year. Um, so my number three, uh, Emily had mentioned as her number five, uh, a bit higher on the list for me. This is Thunder and Lightning. This is the reprints or actually the re-theme of Heron Zeus, which is a game that came out many, many years ago um, from Richard Borg. Uh, came out from Z-Man Games this year. I love this game. It's a terrific, um, there's bluffing, there's, you know, like, you know, there's setting up skirmishes. your board, yeah, setting up your board to try and eliminate your opponent's pieces, uh, your cards. Um, there's some hand management because you're trying to hide the 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 ring or the, or the artifact from your opponent that they're trying to discover so they can win the game. Just a really clever game, um, really cleverly designed. It can play in about half an hour, and it's it's. A, a each time we play it, I feel like we're we're unlocking more and more strategy from Thunder and Lightning. I I love it. I think it's great. Um, That's why it made it all the way up to to number three for me.
1: It is very cool. I I enjoy it quite a bit, especially since I keep winning.
0: (laughs) You were throwing so much shade at me in this podcast, (laughs) I swear.
1: (laughs) I can't help it. Like I said, I'm in rare form tonight. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. My number three was Valeria Card Kingdoms. Uh, We got this one actually the day before the blizzard hit Mm -hmm. here in lovely, Baltimore. Uh, So we got to play this during, you know, blizzard fest. I love this game. I don't know what it is about this. Uh, What did I call it? Machi Koro for adults.
0: It kind of is. Yeah.
1: And there's just a lot of variety to the game. There's many different paths to victory. There's uh, it's just fun. I love the card art. I love the gameplay. Everything mm-hmm. it's great. What do you think?
0: Uh, I like Flurry Card Kingdoms. I don't not, like
1: it as much as I
0: do. I'm not as enamored with it as you are. Um, I do think it's a way better, you know, roll dice and and activate cards. I think it does it a lot better than Machi Koro does. And I'd rather play it any day of the week, um, as opposed to Machi Koro, which kind of within three games kind of wore out its welcome with me, pretty much. Flurry Card Kingdoms has at least enough variety and enough. Uh, Enough different oh, yeah, about it. Yeah, because
1: you're not using the same cards necessarily. Right, very every different time. cards
0: available, and Plus and the we domain the expansion. Cards, right. Well, the column expansions. They're little booster packs, Whatever. basically. So, yeah, I like Flurry, but yeah, not not as much as you do. I know that you are very, very. Anytime with I the get game. to
1: play this, I want to
0: play it. So, Valerie Card Kingdoms is your number three.
1: Yes, sir. So
0: I know that you and I have the same number one and two, but we have them in
1: different, different order. orders
0: so let's talk about we'll talk about my number one first um which is your number two 13 days 13 days cube Missile Crisis I think this game is so incredibly clever and and does what it is trying to do so incredibly well they we've talked about it on the show we've gushed about it over the show it is Twilight struggle in 45 minutes and that's what they advertise it as and that's absolutely what it is it's got that same card driven play where you're playing these event cards and either using them to influence sectors of the cuban missile crisis or to play you know play a special event on the card but you have to balance when you play your opponent's cards because they'll get to use the event so you have to do it at the right time infinitely replayable lots of lots of you know bluffing this is the and one
1: i was most looking forward to this year
0: i i was i and i was looking forward to it too but I was not expecting it to be as good as it was.
1: See, and that's the same thing with my number one.
0: Right, and and we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, why, did, why did you have 13 Days at number two on your list?
1: Because while I love it and the gameplay is great, and like you said, if we want to get that Twilight Struggle-esque feel in a shorter time frame, mm-hmm. it just... My number one, I just want to play more than I want to play that one.
0: Okay. Well, that's, 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 that's fair. That's all it is. I, I mean, number to- two is still pretty good out of the out of the 15 or so games that uh, that we had to choose from oh, yeah. this year so far. Which,
1: so- funny note, he's like, we had talked about this the other day, and he's like, oh, my God. He's like, we're getting ready to sit down and do the show. He's like, and we forgot to write up our list. I said, give me a piece of paper. You take a piece of paper. I said, we'll run down the list. Write down your top five. I'll write down my top five. I said, we'll be done in two minutes. Mm-hmm. I was right.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thirteen days. If so, that's my number one. So, in my opinion, if you only get one two-player game to play in twenty sixteen, or from twenty sixteen, you should definitely make it this one because it's really, it's really stinking good and and well worth it. Definitely check it out. So now the game that was my number two and And my number number one, one. Yep.
1: Millennium Blades. This was the one I've talked about this on the show before. He showed me the Kickstarter. I'm just like, I didn't even know what was going on. I felt completely confused. I'm like, all right, you go ahead. He really, really wanted it. He's like, I promised you this will be great. You'll really like it. Once you get it, you'll understand it. First time we play it, it's like any other game. Get a couple turns in, it clicks. Mm. I'm like, okay. And now I just keep wanting to play it. I don't know what it, it just, it's just really, really good. I didn't think well, I'd well, like well, something like well, this. Why don't you
0: describe it to the folks that might not know what it is?
1: Oh, it's a. I don't know. What do you call it? What I mean, what I don't it's, really it know. Is, it is
0: a CCG meta game. Oh, okay. Basically. There you go. See, I don't CCG even know what, what, where, what it is. Where you are simulating the experience of playing, and collecting, and deck building for a collectible card game within the structure of With this fat two-hour game. Stacks
1: of cash.
0: Fat wads of cash.
1: It made me laugh. Booster packs. Fat wads of cash. Rare
0: cards. Promo cards. There's the promo
1: cards. Yep. You have to trade in a certain number of cards to get the different local, levels of promo cards. Local meta.
0: Building, set, building collections. Um, all, all this good stuff. It's oh great. Oh my
1: god. It's crazy.
0: It's, it's, it's an amazing game. And it's one game. of those
1: things, like I said, I was not impressed. I was not looking forward to this whatsoever. He was super excited over the moon. And once we played it, I was hooked.
0: It's a, it's a great game. I mean, the the only reason that I didn't have this ranked higher than 13 days is because I I feel like that 13 days is a better two player game because it's specifically designed to be a two player game. Whereas with Millennium Blades, you have to use a variant and the variant works really well and we love it, but it's still a variant from how the game is normally played. That's the only reason that I had 13 days above it instead of Millennium Blaze at number one. Because I, I, I too, would be inclined to put this up there because I love this game. I think it's amazing. I think it's a brilliant design. I think it's really smart. I can't wait to get more cards for the game. Can't wait to explore new strategies.
1: Oh, my God. That's probably the best thing. That's the thing I love the most is the the names of some of the, the, the packs. Like, what was it? 006 plus one, mm. James Bomb. <laughs> and super plumber brothers <laughs> some of them are great i love yeah. it it's just oh it's fantastic
0: i'm and i i'm i'm pleased that you love it this much like that that you are as into it as i am oh my
1: god it's so much like i said and when you play like the first one, was it seven minutes you get to like buy cards and trade, well, not trade cards, but like sell cards and mm. things like that. And you're like seven minutes. That seems like forever. And it goes by like that.
0: Yeah, it goes by lightning. You don't even realize No, how it's And it's going. just,
1: it's crazy. And the fact that you can sell cards, you can buy cards that your opponents discarded. You can kind of try and trade with them. It's very cool. I love it.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, so, it. so that's, uh, so that's your number one, my number two millennium blades. Um, one yeah, definitely one of our favorites twenty sixteen. So yeah, it's been a good year so far. Um I'm looking forward to seeing what's what the conventions will bring. Um I'm pretty sure that we'll do probably
1: just gonna make our wallet hurt
0: a oh, little sure, bit. Sure, sure. Pretty sure we'll do what we did last year uh, as we get a little closer to Gen Con. We'll kinda do our Gen Con two player preview, taking a look at some of the games that are uh that are coming out there. Um uh, but yes, yeah, but so far it's been a it's been a really solid year for gaming. Um, and, and those five games are just a small sample. I mean, when we first made this list, um, you know, I think we had 15 games jotted down and they're all games that we've kept in our collection that we've picked up this year thus far. So there's, there's, there's some really good games out there, but the, uh, I guess what the seven or eight that we went through between our two top fives are the ones that we feel are the best ones. Uh, if you play with two players primarily to, to check out and pick up. So, um. So, yeah, that's, that's our list, and that's our show for this week. So thank you again for listening, um, and thank you very much if you are a subscriber to the show. We really appreciate it. Um, if you'd be so kind, it'd be terrific if you could uh, rate us on iTunes uh, because it helps get the show, boost the visibility of the show. If you do use iTunes, or even if you don't, if you could just even log in there and rate it real quick, that'd be super appreciated, and we would love it a lot. Um, definitely hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram like we mentioned at the top of the show at Tabletop for two. Uh, let us know what some of your favorite two player games. Have mm-hmm. been that have come out this year so far. Maybe, maybe there's a couple that we should be keeping our eyes on that we just, uh, that's kind of flown under the radar. Yeah. That'd be good to check out. We're and again, always
1: open for suggestions.
0: And again, if you're on BGG, um, check out guild number 2623, where you can find the tabletop for two guild. Um, I would love to get that growing as a, as a neat little two player community, um, where we can talk about two player gaming and, and stuff like that. And also stuff, you know, suggestions for the show, stuff that you guys would like to hear. Because um, that's who we're here for. Ultimately, is the is the folks that are that are downloading, and listening to this stuff. So definitely check that out if you can get a chance as well. Um, that's it for us this week. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we'll talk to you guys in a few weeks. Till then, see you.
1: Bye.